is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Kelly Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And since we're in the middle of, I guess you would say, a dead spot here because we're waiting for training camp to start at the end of July, I thought it'd be fun to pick the brain of somebody who's been on the Jets beat for a while and get the inside scoop on some of the stories that he's covered, some of the details that you may not have heard before. Just take a general look back with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley, who has spent a decade on the Jets beat. So he's been around and seen quite a bit. Chris, this is the first one that we're doing. It's going to be about one of the players that you really enjoyed covering. In fact, I think you once told me that he was your favorite player to cover the entire time you've been on the Jets beat, and that's Sheldon Richardson, because today we're going to talk about the story of Sheldon Richardson, Brandon Marshall, how they almost killed each other, and how they definitely killed the 2016 Jets season. 
Yeah, uh, which, which showed to me uh, his rookie year was by far the most uh, fun I had talking to another player. Uh, he was my favorite player to interview. Uh, after that, it went down a little bit. He he became a little less friendly with the media, and for good reason too. Um, but uh, it, it was he became a little but more buttoned up after that rookie year as well. Uh, it was because he w- we were still on good terms and we would talk. But he was uh, he he had a, a, what was they were playing the they were getting ready to play the Patriots. And he had said that, you know, he expects them to win the game, not as like a guarantee, but he, he thinks we're going in there. We plan to win. And a reporter had written a story and their editor actually changed it to make it. So it said, Sheldon Richardson guarantees win against the Patriots. And from that moment on, Sheldon Richardson wasn't interested in giving media any sound bites, any quotes, anything. He would talk to me like kind of off the record and stuff. But he, it wouldn't be – he wasn't just open like he was. But especially his rookie year, he would say whatever popped into his head. Um, and he was – it was very smart and, uh, 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 like, thought well-thought-out kid. Um, I was very impressed every time I talked to him. He was hilarious. He had a good head on his shoulders. And uh, I really enjoyed talking to him. <laughs> but, yeah, obviously – where we're going here, it started to go downhill for Sheldon as time with the Jets, and it really started to unravel with all this here. That headline nonsense always gets on my nerves, by the way. I remember one time Bob Glauber had a quote in Newsday that Geno Smith said, and it was responding to what Rex Ryan had said about him. If you recall, Rex Ryan had said some not-so-nice things about Geno Smith, and Geno Smith replied by saying the exact quote, we saved Rex's job in 2013, which is demonstrably true because the team went eight and eight. Rex would have gotten fired if they had been bad and they exceeded expectations. So Rex stuck around. There were a bunch of places, including Bleacher Report, that took that quote and the headline became Geno Smith to Rex. I saved your job, which is not at all what Geno said. What Geno said was the team and their effort and the fact that they went eight and eight saved Rex's job. So they twisted Geno's words. They do that a lot. So I totally understand why Sheldon would have been frustrated. It wasn't the first time and it obviously wasn't going to be the last that the media would do something like that. But in this particular case, it wasn't the media's fault. It was Sheldon Richardson. It was Brandon Marshall. It was the irresistible force and the immovable object. And it all began with the Ryan Fitzpatrick holdout. So, Chris, let's bring people up to speed on that if they don't remember, because that to me was the match that started to light the fuse here for what would become the Brandon Marshall Sheldon Richardson feud that would help torpedo the 2016 Jets season. Yeah, absolutely. That was one of those, you know, we, we see little skirmishes happen or arguments happen all over the place and uh, not just in sports and life. And then people tend to think that it happened right at that moment. It's like, no, the instigating factor probably happened already, uh, uh, you know, days ago, like weeks ago, whatever. This this tension was bubbling up for a while. And it started with Ryan Fitzpatrick after after he had that that season where they almost made the playoffs in Bowles' uh, first year as coach, 
And then obviously the way it ended with Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing that interception, failing to be able to just get that three points to get them into the playoffs, left a bad taste in a lot of players' mouths. Um, and then the offseason came and Ryan Fitzpatrick is holding out. And at first, you know, NFL players typically are very much get your money, do what you got to do with their teammates. They don't get in – you're not going to see – teammates come out and slam another player for trying to get their money or hold now. It, it's rare that you see that. So at first you weren't seeing a lot of that, but then at a certain point there was a lot of people, especially on the defensive side of the ball that were, wait, what are we doing here? We're doing this long protracted holdout for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they're like, we're good with Gino. Let's just ride with Gino and then obviously the fans will remember there was like this core foursome of that group. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Nick Mangold, Brandon Marshall, and Eric Decker. <clears throat> and the four of them were just the tightest buddies that were all over the place. <clears throat> and fans loved it and fans ate it up and understandably so. But the rest of the team weren't on the same page as them. I mean, there were some players who were more aligned with them. But then there was other players who were just like, no, we know what this Ryan Fitzpatrick thing is going to be about. We don't care about your cute little buddy-buddy friendship over there. We're trying to win games. And as the holdout went on, players got more and more frustrated because, again, they're not, we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or, or Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they were starting to get a little annoyed by it. Now, obviously, Fitzpatrick did sign. They did come back. The season didn't get off to a great start. Those tensions started bubbling up more and more. And then we get to the Kansas City game. Ryan Fitzpatrick throws five interceptions in the first half. <clears throat> and Sheldon Richardson loses it. And he loses it at Brandon Marshall, basically. Because he looked at Brandon Marshall as, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick defender. Like, you're his personal bodyguard slash hype man slash everything. And Sheldon took it straight to Brandon Marshall. And really, I mean, the season was kind of swirling down the, the drain at that point already, but it was all over at that point. There was no hope. Everything was derailed. There was no coming back. There, the fracture in the locker room was so huge. And uh, obviously – you had two of the biggest personalities on the team from offense and defense going at each other over a quarterback that very few people really had faith in. And it just turned into an outright disaster from there. Chris, let's talk about that Kansas City game because that was what really brought this into overdrive. Here's Brandon Marshall's recollection of it. He says that Sheldon Richardson kept coming up to him Every single time that the offense would go three and out or turn the ball over, because as you said, five interceptions in the first half and then six in total for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he would just say, are you guys going to get off the plane? You're going to show up at some point. And he would come up and say, they gave you $10 million. Are you going to do anything? Are you going to make any plays? Are you guys going to help us out at all? And Brandon Marshall said he would kind of shrug it off and say, all right, Sheldon, we get it. Okay, Sheldon, we get it. And then finally, after like the 10th time, Marshall just looked at him and said, shut up. This is not the time to do this. You just keep coming over here and yelling at us. What good do you think that's going to do? Do you think we want to play like this? And then from there, it spilled into the locker room. And if I recall correctly, 
There was a speech that Brandon Marshall gave the team after the game, and Richardson didn't really like the tone and the tenor of the speech, and it just made things worse. So, as you said, the beginning of this was that a lot of the players, particularly the defensive players, were not thrilled with everybody going to bat for Fitzpatrick in the first place because they thought the whole holdout thing was annoying and a big distraction. Now you get to the point where Fitzpatrick is here, he caused all this distraction, got all this money, and now he's playing terribly. And you have the defense that has to do all this work because the offense can't seem to stay on the field for more than a couple of plays at a time. Sheldon is in Brandon Marshall's face the entire time. Marshall finally snaps back at him. Now you get into the locker room where Marshall makes this speech to the team, which pisses Sheldon off even more. So we're really starting to get to the crux of what would become a season-long feud here. Yeah, absolutely. And this is... uh you know, this is a tension that happens pretty much to ev- and on every team at some point in the season when an offense is just so bad and struggling in a game, the defense is going to get frustrated because it makes their job that much harder. They're out on the field that much more, and then they end up getting embarrassed too. Even if they're playing good, they end up still looking embarrassed because there's too, many, too much time on the field, too many opportunities for the other team they're going to score. And then, again, all this had been bubbling up for some time. Um, and, you know, this, the Jets aren't one of those teams that typically have the good offense. So this was, this was, you know, five interceptions in one half was the explosion of it all. But the, the offense had been struggling leading up to this game. Uh, the defense, defense had enough problems of their own. It's not like there was a complete defense and they had different reasons um to struggle as well so to just keep putting more and more on their plate and then keep saying hey you gotta stop uh play even better to make up for this and then uh you know it's still Brandon Marshall I I I do know that a lot of players um and this isn't even a Sheldon uh take but other players thought Brandon Marshall had a real tough, a tough time uh, with accountability for himself and the offense. And it was always just kind of brushed off as in, well, you go out and do your job then. And it's like, no, you're making our job harder. And there was like, it was a disconnect between a lot of the defensive players and Brandon Marshall there where they felt like, I, I don't know how true it is, but I know this was the feeling. They felt like Brandon Marshall wasn't taking enough accountability for himself and for the offense and for Ryan Fitzpatrick and kept just being like, no, you guys go do your job. Your job is to to uh, cover up for when we mess up. And they're like, no, your job is to do something every once in a while. So that was the disconnect between the, the two sides of the equation. And then, especially when, again, we're talking about Brandon Marshall and Sheldon Richardson, both really loud people. Both of them can get really loud. Their voice, even when they're not angry talking, their voices can just get really loud. And when they're angry and talking and yelling, their voices can get exceptionally loud. And uh, there was definitely a third segment of that was just kind of sitting there watching this, like, man, I'm not, I don't really have a side in this, but what the hell is going on? But really, again, the disconnect was that they didn't feel the defensive players and and some of the offensive players too agreed 
that a lot of that core group weren't taking any type of accountability for the reason why things were going so bad and just expected the defense to just keep covering up for them. To punctuate your point, Chris, this is what Richardson said about it. That whole situation was sticky because we were losing, and then he's doing all these things that are drama queen-ish, and he's dogging out this guy, dogging out that guy. It's everybody's fault. Everybody, except him, apparently. No one wanted to say anything to him. Then, finally, I'm the one that says something to him, and I become the bad guy, and the media just runs with it. He contributed to the losing culture that he complained about, because if you'll recall, Chris, Marshall was complaining about not wanting to be part of a losing culture. So Richardson is saying, okay, look in the mirror. you got to look within yourself. He was out there, and he was contributing in a big way to taking those L's. A team is supposed to come together, and he helped drive us apart. And then he also talked about how Brandon Marshall, in his eyes and in the eyes of a lot of the players on the team, quit on the team. And I don't want to make that accusation, Chris, because I wasn't around the locker room and certainly I wasn't on the team. But it kind of looked like that from the outside, because if you remember, Marshall's performance just really slid into the gutter toward the end of his tenure here with the Jets in that second season in 2016. Maybe the drama behind the scenes contributed to that, but it did feel like he wasn't giving it his best effort at all times. And again, I'm not trying to cast dispersions, but that's what it felt like. And so I could see why Sheldon would say something like that. Yeah, I see. I won't say you're wrong for feeling that, especially because of how you couched it. Um, because I, I, I'm, you know me, I'm never comfortable saying a player quit or anything like that. Right. My, my guess is it would be more of just the totality of everything going down and everything spiraling around the team. And it just kind of weighed on him and he lost, uh, some motivation and drive. I don't think it was, he was just like, I'm I'm done with this team. I'm not going to put that on him at all. But I, I do think there was a, uh, there was an obvious slip in his play, but it was also the offense as a whole completely slipped and fell apart. So I don't know how much you can really pin that on him um, as far as like and I of just quitting or even just blame. Like it's not like his he stopped playing well and everything fell apart. They the offense had plenty of their issues because Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. Mm-hmm. It, it's that simple. Um, but yeah, there was, and the other thing is about this. So like Brandon Marshall kind of made himself the spokesman of it. And um, what Sheldon was talking about there in that quote you read, I, I'm sure Sheldon, uh, you know, at today's Sheldon probably recognizes this. We've all seen these type of situations play out before. And there's where one person might be in the wrong and, uh, Everybody else, or there's a bunch of people that are thinking that person's in the wrong, but nobody wants to say it. And then the person who does finally step up and say something for the good of that group is always going to be looked at as like the troublemaker who stirred up the problem with everybody else. That's always going to be the case. Um, But that, that doesn't mean that person isn't needed. The rest of that group wanted those frustrations voiced to Brandon Marshall and so when you go ahead and you stand up and say, I'm going to be the one that starts this, you kind of have to be willing to be ready to be the one that gets blamed for doing it as well. Um, it's not fair. It's not right. But that's the way that we tend to do things in this world is, you know, it's kind of similar to the idea of 
whenever you see a little skirmish on the field, it's not the guy who threw the first shot. It's the, always the retaliate retaliatory one that gets flagged. And that that's the thing here. The, the one who says, okay, I am going to say this for the group is the one that's going to get pinned as the troublemaker more often than not. But um, again, Brandon Marshall made himself the spokesman for the offense there. And the offense was spiraling and imploding. And it was because largely because of the quarterback that Brandon Marshall backed uh, that was causing the problem. And they still were, he was still like refusing to be accountable or to do anything about it. And the, the Sheldon Richardson just couldn't take it anymore. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. One interesting dynamic that I noticed is Brandon Marshall, in looking back at this, talked about how early in his career he was known as this problem child, as somebody who talked too much, as somebody who caused problems in the locker room. And as somebody who maybe bore the brunt for things that he didn't feel were always his fault. And then later on in his career, like when he was with the Jets, he was trying to take on more of a leadership role in the locker room and be the guy that people had hoped he would have been earlier in his career. And in some respects, Sheldon was sort of like a young Brandon Marshall. Now, he didn't cause the kind of drama that Brandon Marshall did necessarily with all the stuff that went on with Jay Cutler and so on and so forth. But you've got this young, fiery guy who ends up speaking out and becoming the media villain, so to speak. And now Brandon Marshall's in the other seat where he's the respected veteran, so to speak, who's taking the verbal jabs from the young player. So it's almost like 
Brandon Marshall was trying to be that elder statesman, and now here's Sheldon Richardson, almost like a young Brandon Marshall, who in his own way is trying to verbalize the frustrations of not just him, but also the rest of the defense and a lot of the rest of the team, and now he becomes the media villain the way that Brandon Marshall was earlier in his career, because Marshall said that even though he was trying to turn the corner and trying to be that leader and that veteran presence, People were very aware of his past, and so anytime anything happened, they were going to say, see, there's Brandon Marshall causing problems again. Yeah, there's absolutely that uh, factor of it. There's also, you have to uh, take into uh, what you're talking about. Um, Brandon Marshall was so great with us reporters, like, and the reporters loved him because he would come and he would talk to us, and he would talk to us for like 20, 30 minutes. He would ask, he would answer every question. He was gracious and he was very much like cognizant of his, you know, the uh, reputation that he had. And he was coming in here to change that. And he did an excellent job and he swayed reporters almost immediately. I remember when he first got here at training camp, there was a couple interviews and questions where people were uh, kind of ready to criticize some of the stuff he would say and do. But then by the time they, <laughs> we were in the locker room and everything that uh, the reporters all loved him and they loved him mostly because of the quotes he would give and everything else. So that's part of it too, of the reaction to it is all the reporters were like, yeah, we're riding with Brandon here. <laughs> and Sheldon was just like, no, this isn't how it should be. And you're you're absolutely right. That's a good point to pull out the comparison of early Brandon Marshall and early Sheldon. There there is a lot of similarities in their personalities, their talent level, the the way that they do like to talk. Um, So there's absolutely something to that there. But yeah, it was... There's so many different dynamics at play there. And the two of them in that situation, it, it was just they're almost one of those things where they're too identical. The, you can't have people that similar in the same place and not expect them to butt heads at some point. And that's kind of what it was. But then again, you know, if it was early Brandon Marshall, like if it was a uh, Miami Dolphins, Brandon Marshall. I don't think Brandon Marshall's getting the the backing and the support from the reporters that he got during this whole thing. And then, of course, the the reporters had no such positive feelings about uh, Sheldon Richardson at this time because, again, Sheldon was barely talking to reporters at this time. So um, that definitely drove the reaction as well. Darrell Rivas says that the feud between Marshall and Richardson destroyed the team he says I've never been a part of anything like that it was devastating I kind of knew in a sense that it was going to be a very long season it just kind of broke us it broke us as a team we tried to recover and it was an ongoing situation throughout the year it just never died down and we couldn't bounce back from it that is amazing to hear Darrell Revis of all people say that that feud more or less helped torpedo the season in a major way. Not that it was a distraction, but that it was one of the catalysts for one of the most disastrous seasons in recent Jets memory. The scuttlebutt and the rumor and the innuendo is that at one point it got so bad 
that the two of them, Sheldon Richardson and Brandon Marshall, came this close to punching each other out. I'm not asking if you were there for a first-hand account, but from everything that you heard from talking to players and being around the locker room, did it get that bad? Was it really one of the main factors in why the season was torpedoed? And did it actually get to the point where those two almost punched each other out? All right, so I'll start with the last one there. Uh, I definitely didn't see anything of them getting that close, but I was told multiple times that there were, for multiple people, that they they were close, very, very close to trading blows a couple of different times. Um, I've heard that multiple times from multiple different people. Um, The idea of it, this is tricky, saying that it completely derailed, torpedoed the season. Um, It's it's hard for me to gauge because I think, um, you know, I'm a reporter. They're players. They go into a season and they're thinking, hey, we got a chance to make the playoffs and do this. And I'm going into that season being like, yeah, I know that they almost made the playoffs last year, but this is Ryan Fitzpatrick's second year. I don't have these type of expectations so for me to look back and think of it as that torpedo the season, it's hard for me to do to really uh, wrap my brain around that because I didn't think there was much tor- to torpedo in the first place. And if you think, and if I, you ask me what torpedo that season, I'm going to tell you it's just simply Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, but as from somebody that's in it and on the roster and expecting to go out and play and try to compete and make the playoffs. I could see, I could absolutely see how Rebus could think that. Um, and again, because this this tension was bubbling up before that Kansas City game, it wasn't just that 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 happened and then all of a sudden it was a problem and then they couldn't recover from it. No, it was a problem beforehand and they couldn't recover from it beforehand. <clears throat> and that's just when it got to the point that it was so bad that the whole world noticed the team finished five and 11 and as i said brandon marshall really took a nosedive not long after that feud began in the game against kansas city here were his stats by the way the rest of the way the most yards he had in a game after the week five matchup against pittsburgh where he had a really good game eight catches for 114 yards and a touchdown 70 yards, that was the max that he got the rest of the way Only had one touchdown the rest of the season Very disappointing for Brandon Marshall He ends up asking for his release So he could go play for a team that was more ready to go make a run And he ended up going to the Giants That didn't really work out so well Now obviously we know that he's been long retired Sheldon Richardson would make comments after the season Continuing to disparage Brandon Marshall and saying how he was happy that Marshall was gone and that the locker room would be a much better place in 2017. Ironic, Chris, because as we know, Sheldon Richardson would never find out what the 2017 locker room was going to be like because Mike McCagnan ended up trading him away to Seattle for a second round pick and Jermaine Curse to help get more ammo for an eventual trade up to go grab Sam Darnold. We didn't know exactly what they were going to do with that pick at the time, but we knew that they were going to be looking at a quarterback and so extra premium picks 
would only help. And so the comments by Sheldon Richardson, who was the last man left standing, ring hollow because he didn't end up in the 2017 locker room. And even though he was here a little bit longer than Brandon Marshall, it wasn't much longer. It was only a couple of months longer. So a crazy saga that played out throughout the 2016 season. It ended with both men being out of here, which was probably for the best. I like Sheldon Richardson, really nice player, but at that point the Jets were well stocked at the position and they really needed those picks to help rebuild the team. Brandon Marshall was at the end of his run and he wasn't going to be able to do much for the Jets anymore. It was better for them to move in a new direction and get younger players at the position and try and build them up and have new stars there. And Robbie Anderson did get more opportunities the following year, probably in at least some small part because Brandon Marshall was gone and wasn't going to take up any targets. So this was a crazy season all the way around, but as Darrell Revis said, very possible that whatever hope there was for that season, in addition to, obviously, as you pointed out, Chris, the terrible play of Ryan Fitzpatrick, it may very well have bottomed out because two of the best players on the team not only couldn't get along, but ended up just ruining everything that was going on in the locker room and destroying morale for the team. So this is the kind of thing that you don't really see all that often. There will be feuds here and there, but you don't typically hear a star player like Revis come out and say that it may very well have been one of the major reasons that the team couldn't rebound in that season of 2016. This had to be a unique experience covering something like this, Chris. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, there's, you know, there hasn't been a, a bunch of inter inner team squabbling quite a, anything like this level. Um, so uh, it was definitely interesting and unique. And back to something you were talking about earlier about Brandon Marshall trying to be like the elder statesman, the the vet leader of there. But also, you know, he, he's, he's retired. He still hasn't played in the playoff game. Um, so I know Sheldon Richardson and other people were looking at him like, yeah, you're Brandon Marshall, but like, dude, what? Like, who are you? You're not, you're not known as this leader. And like, it, it, kudos for Brandon Marshall for trying to take that step. But that's a really hard step to take. You can't go from typically go from being, you know, considered a problem uh, and then to just being a vet leader, especially without any winning in between. That doesn't generally happen. Um, so you can give uh, props and kudos for him for trying that, but it's a really hard thing to pull off. And yeah, I, again, with Rebus, uh, I can see how he could have that view. Absolutely. Uh, from the outside, again, it's a little hard to just for me to say that that uh, torpedoed it. Again, I could go back because I think if they just don't re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't think any of this stuff happens with uh, Brandon Marshall and Sheldon Richardson. You know, they, again, probably butt heads at something one, uh, one or another times. But it's not going to be like this. This is all bubbled because of the way the Fitzpatrick thing played out. So if they just didn't sign him, then that wouldn't have been the problem. So I, that's my biggest thing of going. It's like, nah, I, I, I'll say that Fitzpatrick really torpedoed it more than anything else. But that's the, that's the danger. You know, people always talk about want to trade for a Brandon Marshall type or want to trade for – and Antonio Brown, uh, somebody who has caused problems in locker rooms in the past, 
if if you want to trade him and everything's going good and you're you're winning, it's going to work out. But the second things start going wrong, it's going to cause an even bigger problem. And that's exactly what happened here with these two. And thus concludes our look back at the Brandon Marshall-Sheldon Richardson feud that engulfed the 2016 season. What an insane feud that ended up being something that's still talked about by both Richardson and Marshall to this day whenever they do interviews. Marshall more so than Richardson because Marshall doing a lot of media now. But still, as Chris said, a unique experience being there in the locker room. And I'm glad that he was able to share his story so that we could take a look back at this and really understand what was going on during that feud. Make sure that you follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work at JetsInsider.com. Check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Luke Grant is doing film breakdowns. He's got some great ones there, individual players. Plus, he's got a look at the Rams system and why the Jets should copy a lot from that. Kayla Pace has Pace's playbook, her video commentaries, and of course, we've got the daily podcast here. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on itunes for it we'd really appreciate it if you would it's an easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.